Welcome, everybody, to week 10 in the NFL. We are Wagers Ragers coming to you. I am your host, Joshua J.T. Buckner, coming to you from New Jersey. Joining me once again, John the Hedgehog Donoff from New Jersey. John, how you doing? The Hedgehog. Doing well, thanks. Happy week 10, everybody. Happy week 10, indeed. So let's recap Real quick, week nine. As everybody knows out there, I'm a Jet fan, so I'm picking, I always pick the Jets every week to do my analysis. And lo and behold, for the first time this season, the Jets actually covered the point spread. I didn't think they would, so I didn't hit on taking the Pats laying eight and a half points. In fact, the Jets only lost by three. They did lose, which was great because I want them to go 0-16 so they get the first pick this year. My prop in that game was Cam Newton to score, which he did, so I hit on that. Although I didn't hit on Cam Newton throwing an interception, unfortunately. My second game was Seattle at Buffalo. And this was a, a, just a complete and utter disaster. I took Seattle laying the three points. They outright lost and got slaughtered by the Bills. My player props did not work out either. I thought Lockett was going to have a big game. He did not. So I did not hit on the over of his yards or receptions. I thought Russell Wilson was going to have a big game. He did not. Wilson to throw over two and a half touchdowns with really good value, as well as 27 and a half rushing yards, did not hit on either one of those. So my Sunday for the actual games that I picked last week for our pod, unfortunately, didn't work out too well for me. Inconceivable! However, I did make it up by pounding my player props in the Chiefs game with Mahomes throwing over two and a half touchdown passes. And of course, the true player prop of Travis Kelsey with over yards and over receptions hit once again. So I hit big on that. John, how'd you do that last week? Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. It was a pretty good week nine. A little bit of a mixed bag here and there. Now my Philadelphia Eagles, they were off last week. They had their bye week. So I was able to pick two other games to analyze. The first game I picked was Panthers at Chiefs. And I have to admit, I had this one a little bit wrong. Panthers at Chiefs. I thought the Chiefs were, you know, slipping into a higher gear and were about to go nuts and run the table. I thought the Chiefs would absolutely destroy the Panthers. And I got to give the Panthers credit. They played the Chiefs very tough, both on defense. Plus, they had CMC Christian McCaffrey back. He looked like he never never left. They were playing out of their minds. McCaffrey had an amazing catch. Curtis Samuel had an amazing catch. I remember Bridgewater had a sick run on, on a third third down to, to keep a drive going. The Chiefs did end up winning the game 33-31, to 31, but my advice last week was to take the Chiefs and give the 10. Uh, that obviously was not a winner. I also sort of liked the Le'Veon Bell rushing and receiving props, partially because they were so low, and I thought this was going to be a blowout, so I thought there'd be a lot of Le'Veon Bell. All of that turned out to be incorrect, but it wasn't uh, entirely a huge goose egg here. I also went with the Patrick Mahomes over two and a half uh, touchdowns uh, prop at plus 115, hit that. I joined you with Travis Kelsey on 68 and a half receiving yards, hit that as well. So it wasn't a complete loss, but definitely up and down there. The Panthers definitely surprised me on that one. I think what that sort of teaches us going forward is the best team in the league, in my opinion, even at home, you're not really sure what's going to happen in this most uh, unexpected of NFL seasons that continues from the, the bottom of the league to the top. 
The second game I took was the Ravens at the Colts. And this one really jumped off the page last week. I remember that because depending on which site you were looking at, DraftKings, FanDuel, what have you, there was about a point or a point and a half going one way or another. I believe it was on FanDuel, I believe, that the Ravens were getting one and a half. And I loved that, took that was correct on that. The Ravens ended up winning 24 to 10. The game was actually a lot closer than that, that one of those touchdowns was a Ravens defensive fumble recovery return for a a touchdown, which made that lead look a little bit bigger than it was. This was essentially a defensive struggle, maybe the two best defenses in the league here, but the, the Ravens pulled it out on top. I also really liked the Marquise Brown Uh, receiving yards in this. I think it was 52 and a half. I expected this to be sort of a squeaky wheel game. He wasn't completely invisible. He did catch three for 38, but he didn't quite get that prop. Um, There were a bunch of other props that I did hit on that Los Angeles Chargers, a Las Vegas Raiders game was really big for me. I, I hammered Derek Carr rushing at only eight and a half yards at plus 110, hit that. Mike Williams, three and a half catches at plus 130, hit that. And Justin Herbert rushing, hit that. I'm taking DK Metcalf receiving yards every week. I'm not going to stop on that. Hit that again last week at 72 and a half rushing yards. And the Seahawks, even though I thought they would go into Buffalo and win, that obviously did not happen. Seahawks having a little bit of trouble on the road recently, actually. I kept an eye on that game and did hedge at plus 14. The Hedgehog. The Seahawks getting 14 points in game, won that. Also, Hayden Hurst, uh, four and a half catches at plus 115. So, did get some hits last week, more wins than losses. A little bit of a mixed bag, though. Yeah, good stuff. I, I mean, I, I did the old take the Chiefs until the Chiefs don't cover, and I, I did. I took the Chiefs. They didn't cover last week, and those are the breaks. You know, hopefully the Chiefs get better this week and cover. All right, so we'll move into week 10, and this is the easiest week for the New York Jets. The easiest week for the New York Jets. They don't play anymore. They're on a bye. So they can't lose this week. So fortunately for me, I don't have to analyze who the Jets are playing this week. So my first game this week, I'm taking the Texans at the Cleveland Browns. Not a super sexy game, but I think it's a good game to look at, especially with uh, the line on this game. So the Texans are at the Browns and the Browns are giving four points. The Browns actually have their best record since I think 2014 right now. They're over 500. They're playing pretty well and they're at home this week. The Browns have scored. This is a very strange stat. The Browns have scored either 30 plus points or seven points or fewer in every single game this season. It's a very strange stat. I'm not gonna give you a whole lot of stats this week like I did last week. This is more of like a feel week for me. So let's look at this uh, Browns-Texans game. The weather is gonna be terrible. They're forecasting rain and it's gonna be very, very windy. The good thing for the Cleveland Browns is they were on a bye last week. They got real healthy. They got back Nick Chubb, their star running back, right guard Wyatt Teller, tight end Austin Hooper, and Baker and Andrew, who were both nursing broken ribs, got a week off to heal up. So they're basically getting right at the right time. And the Texans are just not a very good team. I know they pulled out a win last week against terrible Jacksonville. And that's really not a, that's not really saying much. Here's the big stat, and this is one of the big one of the only stats I'm gonna really throw at you this week. The Texans are allowing 159.5 rushing yards per game 
And if they continue on this streak and it stays the same as far as the yardage they're giving up, it would be the most in a season ever by any NFL team. And what happens this week? Well, Nick Chubb is back, as I just indicated. So we have the, the one-two punch of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the backfield with terrible weather. You know the Cleveland Browns are going to pound the ball. It's going to be a, a big rushing day for Cleveland. And I think Cleveland's going to dominate time of possession in this game. The Texans are just not a very good team. When Before Nick Chubb went down, and he's been out for the last five weeks, the Browns were averaging over 200 yards rushing per game. Right now, they've slipped to fifth with just about 150 yards per rushing per game. But with that one-two punch this week, I can see uh, both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt having a big day. The uh, Browns running through that Swiss cheese rush defense of the, the Houston Texans. So I think this is going to be a big game for Cleveland. They're home. So I, I, I think they're going to cover this uh, – the, the four points easy. I think they're going to win by either seven or 10 points. So I like Cleveland in this game. I know Deshaun Watson's having a big season. He's got 17 touchdowns and only five interceptions. And with a 68.3 completion percentage, you know, he's, he's right there up at the top of the league. But with the weather that they're forecasting, I just can't see Houston uh, coming close to winning this game. So I like Cleveland laying the four points. The over-under in this game is 46. You know, I would probably tend to lean towards the under, given the, the weather forecast, but I'm going to stay away from that. I'm just going to, I'm going to pound the, uh, the point spread in this game, and I'm going to take the Browns laying the four points. On uh, DraftKings, there really are no player props up, uh, so I had to look to FanDuel, and the one player prop that I like is Duke Johnson over 57 and a half rushing yards. David Johnson's in concussion protocol. I don't think he's going to play this game, so it's going to be Duke Johnson as the featured running back. For Houston, so I like Duke Johnson over 57 and a half rushing yards in this game. Uh, John, what do you think? Yeah, it, this is kind of a, a very strange game here. I, I thought that stat you gave earlier was very interesting about the, the Browns either, you know, what was it, scoring 30 or less than seven is what they've done this year. So they've obviously, not to restate the obvious, they've either been very good on offense or very bad. I know they're getting Baker Mayfield back off the, the COVID-19 list. Texans have been a huge disappointment this year. So I can't disagree with anything that you're saying. One other thing that I'm taking a look at here, one of the few player props on DraftKings is Deshaun Watson rushing yards at 28 and a half. Uh, he was over that number uh, easily in his last two games and was just under in the two games prior to that uh, based on the, the, the highlights, or actually not the highlights, during the red zone when I saw part of this game, it looked like Watson was taking off a little bit more, and the game log supports that. He, he took off like 10 times last week, seven the week before. So the odds are not great on DraftKings. I think at, plus, at minus 136, but this would be one I'd, I'd take a look at. You know, Watson looks like he's taken off, so he'll probably continue to do that. I could see that happening here, and if he does, he could easily – get over that 28 and a half yard yeah so in the Browns three losses this year they've lost to the Ravens who have a great defense the Steelers who have a great defense and the uh Las Vegas Raiders whose defense is is good as well they're playing a not very good defense I know that Houston has J.J. Watt who is a stud but I can see the Browns probably putting up 30 points this week the only caveat I have in that is the weather. The weather's the big X factor in this game. So maybe the Browns 
they snap that 30 plus points or fewer than seven points in this game and score, you know, 24 or 27 points, but I don't think it's going to be a close game. So that's why I'm, I'm uh, loving the Browns this week. John, who do you got in your first game? The Eagles are back on the field. Eagles giants go. Eagles are back. The Philadelphia Eagles at the Meadowlands tomorrow, one o'clock kickoff, just the way life should be. The Eagles and their old rivals, the Giants. Uh, I may have mentioned this on a past podcast, but I I remember I was watching one of those NFL Network top 10 shows one time, and it was the top 10 rivalries in the NFL. And as a green-blooded Eagles fan, I've always considered the Cowboys as my most hated rival as far as the Eagles uh, NFC East opponents go. What's funny is the Eagles-Giants actually was rated as the number one rivalry in the whole NFL. And I guess when I thought about it, I really couldn't disagree with that. There's been this weird thing over the years where, you know, the Eagles could, you know, get the better of the Giants, beat them up in the, in the regular season. And then for a while there, the Giants just go on and win the Super Bowl. The Eagles have had a lot of success against the Giants in, in recent years. The Eagles are actually 9-1 and one against the Giants in their last 10 matchups. This week, the Eagles are playing at the Giants. The Giants are home. This point spread started out at three. So the Eagles giving three points to the Giants. That's gone up since then. On FanDuel, it's all the way up to uh, Eagles minus four. On DraftKings, you can still get it at minus three and a half. These teams just played a couple of weeks ago. In Philadelphia, the Eagles won that matchup 22 to 21 back in week seven. But the Eagles failed to cover a five-point point spread in that game. And it's interesting, these two teams, even though the Eagles have been winning these games a lot over the past few years, they generally keep it pretty close between them. There's not a lot of surprises between these two teams. Even though the Giants, like I said, are 1-9 and nine in their last 10 matchups against the Birds, they're actually 6-4 and four against the spread in those very same games. In their last six overall, the Giants are 5-1 and one against the spread. So the Giants, much as, you know, we might like to make fun of them, you know, the, the, the picture of Daniel Jones, you know, tripping over air uh, against the Eagles a couple of weeks ago made national, made national TV, was even on Saturday Night Live at one point. But the Giants have generally kept their games close uh, this year. On the other hand, the Eagles have been absolutely beset by injuries. But coming off of their bye week, are the Eagles getting healthier? It sure seems like it. What Right before the bye week, the Eagles got back first-round pick wide receiver Jalen Rager, who actually uh, returned from the IR and scored. They also got back Dallas Goddard, who didn't do much in his first game back, but now he's had a couple of weeks to continue to, to heal and get back in the swing of things. Also back. On the offensive line, the Eagles are going to get back Jason Peters. It looks like they'll have Lane Johnson. It's even possible they could have starting left guard Isaac Sayamalo back. And on top of that, glorified tight end Alshon Jeffrey. But most important, it looks like the Eagles will have starting tailback Miles Sanders back. And that's important because Miles Sanders brings an element of big play possibility to the Eagles offense that they don't have without him. Miles Sanders is number three overall in the NFL in rushing yards per game. Third overall. He's also number two overall in yards per carry. He brings in a lofty 6.1 yards per carry average, uh, second only to, to Kyler Murray, oddly enough, and one spot ahead of Dalvin Cook. Now, it's not that the Giants 
are a great matchup. As far as rushing goes, they're not really. They're, they've been number nine overall this year in rushing yards allowed per game, and they've been number two overall in that regard in their last three games. So it's definitely a strength of the Giants. But I just look at this, and as an Eagles fan, I watch every snap of that team every year, and I can tell you that Sanders' return is a huge help for the Eagles overall. The Giants offense has at best sputtered this year. They have the 31st ranked scoring offense. But at the same time, the Eagles give up the fourth most passing yards per game. So what does that all mean? Well, take that into account with all of the football that I've watched this year. I think the Eagles win this game. I feel very confident in that. So if the money line was better, it's not that great. I would, I would take that. The thing is, between the Eagles and Giants, how can you ever guarantee that it's not going to be close? I'm going to keep an eye on this. Depending on how the money went, if that point spread came back to three or below, I think I would hammer the Eagles on it. Anything at three or above, I think I'm just staying away. You know, could the Eagles come out and win this game by a touchdown or more than that? Sure. I just don't know how you can be comfortable betting that. Because based on recent history, the Eagles and Giants play close games. Even though the Eagles win, the Giants always keep it close, and they've covered in six out of their last 10 games against the Eagles. So right now at three and a half, I'm staying away, although I'm right on the cusp of coming back if it dips back below three and a half. As far as props go, I mentioned that the Eagles had give up the fourth most passing yards per game. So that made me look at Daniel Jones passing yards. The prop for him is 234 and a half uh, passing yards. That's actually a little bit over his average, which is 208 yards per game. But in recent weeks, he's gotten back Sterling Shepard. Evan Ingram has been involved in the offense, although he had a huge drop in the last game against the Eagles, which contributed to that loss and uh, lit a fire under the Eagles' comeback in that game. I think that Daniel Jones has enough weapons. I think the Eagles give up enough passing yards that I think it makes sense to take that Daniel Jones prop on the passing yards. One thing I've been looking at recently, I don't do a lot of parlays, but FanDuel has this one feature where you can pick same game parlay and you can automatically set up parlays with at least two legs. So where you're taking two different prop bets and combining them together to get better odds. They've even got this same game parlay insurance where if you have, it's, I think it's if it's three legs, where if one of the legs of the parlay doesn't pay off, you can get your money back up to 25 bucks. So what I did is I took a look at the props that were available for the same game parlay. I took Daniel Jones with the 234 yards passing. I took the Eagles to win by between one and 13 points. And I added a third leg onto that, and that's Travis Fulgham to score at any time. That might be the riskiest part of it. But what that actually means is I bet 25 bucks, got odds of a plus 1,001, so for a $25 bet, I could win up to $250. But if any one of the three legs of the parlay don't pay off, I also got the same game, par- same game parlay insurance. So that means this is basically a free bet, you know? So take a look at those things. FanDuel, DraftKings, sites like that offer boosts and promotions, and you need to take a look at them to really analyze if they make sense or not. This is one I very much encourage everybody to take a look at this same game parlay where you can get the insurance up to 25 bucks. I think that's great. So that's what I'm taking this week. I like the Daniel Jones prop at 234 and a half yards passing and that same game parlay on FanDuel. Again, I took Daniel Jones passing yards, 
Eagles to win by between 1 and 13 points and Travis Fulgham to score at any time. What do you think about that stuff? Yeah, I mean, that's all good stuff. That same-day parlay, with, especially with the insurance, is, uh, is real good uh, info for all of our fans out there and all of our listeners, for sure. Uh, FanDuel does a great job with promoting that uh, parlay insurance, so definitely good stuff. I like your analysis. I think this is going to be a really close game. Honestly, I don't know who's going to win this game. I don't know if it's going to be the Eagles. I don't know if it's going to be the Giants. But all I can tell you is this, is based on the fact of the the last game where it was a one-point margin, where honestly the Giants should have won that game. I think they were up by 10 in the fourth quarter. I think this is going to be a close game. I think it could go either way. Given, given the history of the Giants almost always losing to the Eagles in their last 10 games, you know, maybe Murphy's Law, you know, uh, comes to fruition on Sunday and the Giants actually pull this out. Who knows? Uh, the NFC East is a terrible division. All the teams are terrible. It's going to be basically like a battle to the end of the bad and who's ever left standing is going to win the division. So I, I don't know who's going to win this game. I don't like laying three and a half points with or even four points on the Eagles. So I would probably go the other way and take the points with the Giants. This is probably a game that I'm going to stay away from, though. It's not a game that I liked when I looked at the at the slate this week. Uh, so as far as taking the game itself, I'm going to probably stay away this week. But on the player props, so Daniel Jones, I believe, and I haven't looked at the Giants really that carefully, but I know up until at least either the last week or the week before, he was leading the Giants in rushing. And on DraftKings... Daniel Jones' rushing yards is only 22 and a half rushing yards at minus 112. So that's one of the player props that I like is over Daniel Jones, 22 and a half rushing yards. The other two is the return of Miles Sanders. So the two props with uh, Sanders is uh, over 15 and a half rushing attempts, minus 112 on DraftKings, and over 62 and a half rushing yards, minus 112 on DraftKings. And last, John's go-to receiver, for the Philadelphia Eagles, Greg Ward, great value, over 33.5 receiving yards, plus 108. Those are the four player props that I like in the Giants-Eagles game. John, any last words on this game before we move on to my second game? Yeah, I mean, this is one of those games that it's just – it's almost too close to call. I do feel really good about the Eagles winning the game when I take into account the fact they're getting back all of these guys – uh, from injury. The Eagles at this point now haven't lost in a month. The problem is they just haven't been very trustworthy. Carson Wentz has been extremely up and down. Overall, it's been a, it's been a bad year for him. He's made a lot of uh, curious decisions, bad throws. I mean, he had one just knock your head against the wall throw against the Giants last time out where he just closed his eyes and heaved the ball, turned into an interception. The Giants ended up driving down and scoring. You're right, the Giants were up late in that game. Uh, now, to the Eagles' credit, to Carson Wentz's credit, they came back. Carson Wentz led the Eagles on two touchdown drives at the end of the game, including a beautiful throw to Boston Scott to win the game at the very end. Really fantastic stuff there. But in their last two games before the bye, the Eagles played the Giants and the Cowboys. I think that the Eagles are going to win this division. Uh, but both of those games, I expected those games to be some, somewhat of statement games for the Eagles, for them to, to come in and, and really beat up on two teams that were in really bad shape. And it didn't happen in either game. The 
Eagles played fairly uninspired football for most of both of those games, even though they ended up winning both of them. So I just can't trust them yet. I think the ingredients are there to start putting something together. I like all of your props. Daniel Jones, the rushing yards, I looked at that. That made me a little bit uh, concerned because he wouldn't have hit 22 yards in his last two games, and the Eagles do have a good rushing defense. Now, three weeks ago when Daniel Jones uh, played against the Eagles, he had 92 yards rushing. So, of course, it it is more than possible he could hit 22 and a half. You know I love my Greg Ward Ward, uh, player props, especially the receptions. A little bit concerned about that this week now, too, because – uh, now Jalen Rager's back full-time and Goddard back. Uh, I wonder if that's going to cut into Ward's catches a little bit. But, you know, overall, I'm very excited for this game. I think the Eagles are going to win. We'll see what happens. Yeah, so just j- just a, a few extra words on on this game. So the Giants' last, last five, five games, they lost to the Cowboys 37-34. Probably should have won that game. They beat the Redskins 20-19. Probably should have won by more than that, but they didn't. They lost to the Eagles 22-21. Probably should have won that game. They lost to Tampa Bay 25-23. Probably should have won that game too. They had a chance in the end on the two-point conversion that didn't work out with Evan Ingram. And then they beat the Redskins last week 23-20. So this is a trend. The, The Giants are either winning or losing by three points or less in their last five games, which is why I would not take the Eagles laying three and a half points against the Giants because every single game the Giants play is tight game. They either win or lose by a couple of points. And I can see this happening again this week. So if you're going to bet this game, my advice to you, take the points, take the Giants. I don't know who's going to win. Stay away from the money line, but take the points with the Giants. So we're going to move on to my second game this week which again is not the sexiest game, but if you look to last year, it was a crazy game. And that's San Francisco at New Orleans. Last year, San Francisco played New Orleans and it was a 48-46 shootout with San Francisco coming out on top. What's the difference this year? Well, one of the big differences is Emmanuel Sanders. Last year, he was on the 49ers. He had a Big game last year against the Saints. This year, he's on the Saints, and he's having a good year this year. He's got 30 receptions, 342 receiving yards, and three touchdowns in only six games because he was injured for a couple of the Saints games. The Saints absolutely demolished Tampa Bay last last week Um, at Tampa Bay. They beat them 38-3. to Drew Brees looks fantastic. The offense was clicking on all cylinders. The Saints are really a machine right now, uh, almost on par, I would say, with the Chiefs in how they're playing um, the last several weeks. Alvin Kamara is once again playing out of his mind. Right now, he's the only player in the Super Bowl era era, to have a career average of over 100-plus scrimmage yards per game and six-plus yards per touch per game. Uh, he's, you know, he's just a, he's, he's a, a beast out there. San Francisco is decimated on injuries. No Jimmy G, no uh, Kittle, no Richard Sherman, no Nick Bosa. So I can see the Saints just unleashing their offense on San Francisco this week. Backup quarterback. The line in this game, 
The Saints giving nine and a half points. They're home in the dome. The over-under is 49. And you know my rule. Don't bet double-digit favorites. The line is just under that 10-point Mendoza line that I don't go over. So uh, I'm going to take the Saints in this game. I'm going to lay the nine and a half points. Alvin Kamara is tied for third in the NFL with 60 receptions, which is insane for a running back. But he's like, uh, he, you know, he's like that hybrid. He's that hybrid receiver slash running back. He runs the ball. He catches the ball out of the backfield. He runs down. He runs roots down the field. So uh, I like Kamara to have a big game this week. The Saints have not allowed a 100-yard-plus rusher in 46 straight games. I expect that stat to continue this week against the 49ers. And the 49ers have allowed 30-plus points in two straight games. I think the Saints are going to put up big points this week. Probably, you know, 35 to even 42 points this week against San Francisco. The over-under is only 49. I take the over in this game every day. So for this week, I like the Saints laying nine and a half points against the Niners, who are decimated by injuries, backup quarterback, no stud tight end. And I would take the over of 49 in this game as well. As far as my props, again, as I alluded to before, Alvin Kamara is having a, you know, a Pro Bowl season again. The props on DraftKings for Kamara, over 97.5 rushing and receiving yards, minus 118. Again, he's the only player in the Super Bowl era to average, average over 100 yards rushing and receiving or scrimmage yards per game. So I like that prop. I also like over five and a half receptions, getting good value at plus 112 on DraftKings. And Michael Thomas made his return last week uh, for the Saints. And I think he's going to have a big game again this week. Over five and a half receptions. Not great value at minus 139, but take it now because it's probably going to go up on Sunday. And over receiving yards, 71 and a half, minus 112. So those are my props on the Saints-San Francisco game. John, any thoughts on this game? Yeah, I do. I think this is a very interesting game, actually. I really, 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 really want to take the Niners here. Division game, division opponent, getting nine and a half points. As soon as I look at that, I'm like, I'm looking for reasons to take the team that's getting the points there. Obviously, the thing that's giving me pause is that the Niners just looked so bad the last two weeks, just getting their brains beat in. Um, against uh, the Packers, and then a little bit of a closer game against the Seahawks, but lost by double digits there too. Um, and then the week before that, they went to New England and kicked the crap out of them, 33-6. to six. So, you know, this year is just absolutely crazy. I think I'll, I'll stay away from this one, but I will keep my eye on it for a hedge opportunity. If this is a point spread that could go up to like, you know, two touchdowns or more during the game, I might come back and take it. Um, the one prop that kind of jumped out at me, on DraftKings I was looking at Jared Cook. Uh, receptions two and a half two and a half catches is his prop and that is uh, minus 112 and the reason why I like that so much is Jared Cook has had at least two catches in every game this year uh, and the last time I, I saw him out there with the Saints it looked like Drew Brees was looking for him a little bit more he would have hit it last week um, so I like Jared Cook two and a half catches as the prop I would take in this game too all right good stuff so John who do you got in the second game all right, for my second game, I'm taking the Sunday night game, the Baltimore Ravens at the New England Patriots. The Ravens are giving six and a half points. 
on DraftKings at minus 115. On FanDuel, they're giving minus seven points. They're, excuse me, they're giving seven points at minus 120. So take a look at both. I'm taking the Ravens, giving six and a half uh, to the Patriots. Last time we saw the Patriots, they were playing your beloved New York Jets. And I know the Jets scared the crap out of you in that game by actually playing well for much of it. It was weird. That was actually, I, I texted you during the game that this is actually a good game. It was actually an enjoyable game to watch for a non-Jets, non-Patriots fan, but I can't say that the Patriots look good. I mean, the Jets had the upper hand for most of that game, and if not for a a really bad Joe Flacco interception late, the Jets might have pulled out that win. The Patriots just, you know, they just haven't been good this year. The defense isn't what it was. Tom Brady is obviously no longer there anymore. Last week, talked about this a little bit earlier, the Ravens won 24-10 on the road against the Colts. Um, in a defensive battle, the Colts, again, one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, this is one of my favorite stats here. Uh, the Ravens have scored at least 20 points in 31 straight games, which is an NFL record. So with the Ravens, you got them coming in with one of the best defenses in the league and an offense that puts points on the board. Patriots had to come back late last week against the Jets to beat them 30-27. to 27. And again, listen to what I just said. The Patriots had to come back to beat the Jets. And again, needed a key Joe Flacco interception late to pull that off. Um, the Ravens, again, great defense. They lead the league in the least of points allowed. They're only giving up points at a clip of 17.8 game. While the Patriots did get Cam back within the last couple of weeks, and while there are some bright spots there, Jacoby, Jacoby Myers and Demir Bird have been stepping up from a receiving perspective. However, Cam still has only thrown two touchdowns on the year against seven interceptions. Yikes. Uh, Damian Harris has been a bright spot. A running back has shown a little bit of juice, but then he came out of the game last week hurt. Who knows if he's going to be 100% for this week or not. On defense, I said a little bit earlier, I think that the Patriots' defense has really taken a few steps back here. They're 25th against the run overall and in their last three games. Uh, That doesn't bode well for them this week, where the Ravens are the number one rushing team overall, number one rushing offense overall, and they're number two in their last three games. So I I think that the Patriots just are are not going to be able to turn it around this, this year. I don't think Cam's the man for the job. I think the Ravens come in and beat the Patriots by double digits. Remember, this is the same Patriots team that got clobbered a couple of weeks ago by the 49ers, 33-6. to I think the Ravens win this one big. I easily give the six and a half here on the road. As far as props go, I'm taking a look at Lamar Jackson. Uh, I looked at him last week against the Colts. The rushing prop was 47 and a half yards, which is below his average of about 58 and a half yards. I stayed away when you took it because the, he was going against the Colts, which were such a great defense. I think what last week showed us is it doesn't matter. Lamar Jackson is going to run the ball every week. Uh, he's going to run for, for a high average because he does it every week. So even against a good defense, I would take Lamar Jackson rushing yards this week. However, like I said before, the Patriots, not a good rushing defense, 25th overall. So I'm taking the Lamar Jackson rushing prop at 53 and a half yards, which is, again, about five yards below his average anyway. I said earlier, Cam Newton has only two 
passing touchdowns against seven interceptions. So I scrolled right to the bottom of that DraftKings player props page looking for the Cam Newton interception prop. It's there at .5. So Cam Newton throws an interception, you win. However, the, the odds are garbage on that one, minus 182. But Lamar Jackson to throw an interception is plus 168. Really great odds. The Patriots are one of the best teams. While their rushing defense is terrible, they're still one of the best teams at turning the ball over uh, when the other team is throwing. The Patriots are averaging more than a pick per game. So the props I like in this game are Lamar Jackson, 53 and a half rushing yards against that bad Patriots rushing defense. And I like Lamar to throw at least one interception in this game. Keep an eye uh, because props today is Saturday while we're, while we're recording this props are still coming out. So keep checking back on DraftKings and FanDuel for the rest of today, Saturday and tomorrow on Sunday on game day, because uh, last time I checked, not all the running back props were out yet. And I would really like to know what those numbers are for the Ravens to take further advantage of that terrible Patriots rushing defense. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I like your analysis on this game. I think that the Ravens are going to have a big game this week. Uh, as far as player props, I do, I do like a lot that Lamar Jackson rushing yards for sure. Um, but I also like Lamar Jackson to score a touchdown at plus 125. It's good value. So those are my thoughts on this game. I mean, the Patriots, they probably should have lost that game last week against the Jets, which is really saying a lot about this team, that it was that close against – just probably one of the worst teams ever in the NFL. So I don't have a whole lot of faith in the Patriots. Um, so I do like those two props on Lamar Jackson, both rushing yards and to score a touchdown. Any other last words on this game, John? Are we going to move into greatest phase of our uh, pod? Just one more quick thought. I, I think I, I like the fact that you brought up the idea of Lamar Jackson to score, especially on prime time. You know what I mean? I could see the, the Ravens giving Lamar a shot to shine, uh, which I fully believe he will. And if you're somebody who agrees with that, then take a look at Lamar Jackson to score a touchdown and Ravens to win. You normally get great odds on, on that kind of prop. And at least by tomorrow, they should be available on both DraftKings and FanDuel. And that's all I got, except for the tracks. Yeah, so let me slip in my little college football nugget this week, as I always do. Look, we're Rutgers fans. Rutgers is playing right now as we record this podcast, and they are beating Illinois as we speak, which is a good thing for us Rutgers fans. And I'm going to stay in the Big Ten. And my college football nugget for you this week is Wisconsin at Michigan as a road favorite laying seven points against Michigan. Now, I probably wouldn't take this bet in any other year, but Michigan is just not playing well at all this season. And Wisconsin was predicted to do really good things. Unfortunately for Wisconsin, after their demolishment of Illinois in week one, they lost their starting quarterback, Graham Mertz, to COVID. But he's out of protocol. He's back. He should be starting this week. For Wisconsin against Illinois, he went 20 for 21 in uh, passes, threw for five touchdowns, and they demolished Illinois. So I like Wisconsin to cover that seven-point line. Michigan's in free fall. Jim Harbaugh doesn't have a contract for next year. My guess is he's going to try to figure a way out of Michigan. And you know what? He might be the next head coach of the green and white. 
of gangrene, the New York Jets, and uh, we'll see. But I like Michigan not to win this game. I actually like Michigan to get destroyed in this game against Wisconsin. So I'll take Wisconsin laying the seven points. That's my college football nugget. Now we move on to our tracks of the week. I'm going old school. I am going way back. I'm going back to my days of going to one of the greatest clubs in New York City, Twilo. One of the first clubs I went to. And I would go religiously every month to see Sasha and Digweed. And one of the tracks that I would hear when I was sitting on the bouncy balls up on the second floor of Twilo was a track by Naylan and Kane called Beach Ball. An old classic trance track, and he would just sit on the beach ball and bounce up and down. And I pulled it out of the, my, my classics bag this week, and I've been listening to it all week. So that's my track of the week is Beach Ball by Naylan and Kane. Uh, for my part, my track of the week, I'm going with a, a new track that I just received a promo of in the last couple of weeks. There's a, a great new release out, and it's a combined effort between Mousetrap, which is Dead Mouse's record label, and Insomniac Records, which is the record label uh, put together by Pasquale Rotea, who started the Insomniac event group that does Electric Daisy Carnival. They kind of combined some... Uh, insomniac artists with some mousetrap artists and there is a song with a remix of the same song by an artist called noises who is a house tech house artist the song is called work it's a little bit deeper a little bit darker than i normally recommend on the, the podcast but i really love the song for me it's great when you're out for a jog or you're working out it kind of gives you that grittier grimier feel with a nice driving beat if Eric the Marine was on the podcast this week, I know that he would agree with me. So that's my track of the week for week 10, Noises Work. All right, good stuff. So we're going to conclude our analysis of week 10 in the NFL. Good luck, everybody. Tomorrow... And may your bets be sharp and your caches be bountiful. We're out. We'll see you next week at, for week 11. Adios. Bang.